Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. episode of Kang Collects. Uh, before I get to my next guest, I just want to let everyone know that you can follow me on social media uh, as well. I'm on Instagram at Kang Collects. That's K-H-A-N-G Collects. Also, I'm going to get more active on Facebook. Same name, Kang Collects. If you're on Twitter or X as they call it nowadays, uh, same thing, Kang Collects at K-H-A-N-G Collects. So uh, now let's get, get right to it. I'm, I told you guys I would be interviewing a lot of local card shop owners in the area nationally. And this one is one of my local card shops. Although I haven't been in a while, I've been busy with the kids and work and everything. I plan on getting out there soon. Um, Steve Majowski, uh, the owner of uh, Rochester Sports Cards and Collectibles. Steve, thanks for joining me, man. How are you? Good, Good. to How see you, you again. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into it, uh, where is your card shop located so people know? We're right in uh, downtown Rochester, right on Main Street, right in the heart of town, uh, right, uh, you know, first block south of university. We're in a 140-year-old building here that we recently renovated, so uh, it's uh, been a fun ride so far. So, yeah, and uh, you guys are open uh, seven days a week, or what are your hours? Yeah, we're open seven days a week, generally uh, 11 to 7, Monday through Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, we're open till 9 or 10 p.m., depending on the day. Saturday right now till 8. Well, once the uh, lights come on for the big bright light show downtown here in Rochester, we'll probably be open again till 10 on Saturday. And then Sundays, we're open 12 to 6. So, yeah, we're a seven-day operation. We've got uh, five employees. So, uh you know, we try yeah, and, and I'm sure it didn't start that way. You know, I'm going to ask you like how you got started and how long have you been a card shop owner? So we opened in uh, October 2014. And at that point, uh, um, I found a building to rent. So before that, I'm a, an engineer by degree. So graduated from Michigan State with a mechanical engineering degree. And then I got an MBA later in life. So I've worked for General Motors, Delphi. Uh, Dow Chemical and uh, a small uh, startup for a while. And 
what ended up happening in the 2013 time frame, um, I was back into cards again and was doing card shows with my son. So he liked to kind of play store at the shows and take all the money in. And um, he's now 19 and a freshman at Michigan State. Um, so it's been a it's been a while. But did that and, you know, uh, the situation with the small startup I was at wasn't going the greatest. And uh, so fortunately, um, when I left that job, uh, my employment contract got me paid for 18 months and that was April, 2014. And so before that, when I was traveling, I'd visit, probably visited 20, 25 different card shops all around the country. So if I didn't have a meeting at night and wasn't flying out to the morning, I'd find card shops, go in and kind of just start talking to the owner. And, you know, I was from out of town, so they would, tell me things and about profit margins and products and, you know, what was easy about it and what was tough with it. So I kind of did a lot of business development that way to kind of figure out, hey, this could really, you know, be a business if my current situation doesn't work out. And that's kind of how it ended up. I left there in April 2014. It was open here in downtown Rochester in October of that year. So it kind of happened uh, really quick. The awesome. job I was like, on a, like a nine year anniversary almost coming up here, huh? Yeah. So we're at nine years, uh, you know, 10 years next year. I wasn't quite sure if, uh, you know, we were going to get here. You know, I always kind of had in my back pocket, if it didn't work out, I could always go back and get a, you know, job in the automotive industry again. But it's worked out much better than I've expected. So, I mean, you have a business background and everything like that. Was it just, that you took the opportunity that to say, Hey, I'm going to go for it. Cause I have it at right now. Or is this something that you've always kind of had in the, the back burner of your mind? You know I mean? I, I assume that you've, since you said you, even when you're working, you would go to visit card shops. So you've loved like, or you have an interest in cards and things like that pretty much for a long time. And then what made you decide to make this a career? Yeah. So uh, it was really the travel aspect. I, I was traveling 200 nights a year. Um, that was kind of, you know, what I was needed for, for a lot of industry conferences, a lot of customer meetings. Um, before that, when I was at Dow and Delphi, I traveled a lot glo globally, not as much, you know, a lot in the U.S. But so I had a lot of travel and was pretty much burned out on all of that. So, you know, I've been collecting cards since I was six or seven. I grew up on the east side of Detroit. And, you know, we get packs. Um, just from the local, you know, Milk Depot store, or Cunningham's Drugs to uh, to a throwback business from Detroit. And I had a Detroit news route. I think I got that. I lied about my age and was like delivering papers at nine. And it just happened that one of the first card stores around, I think it was the first card store in Metro Detroit, a place called Sport Americana opened on Harper. Um, and it was two doors down from my card from my paper station. So, yeah, you can kind of figure out where my money started going for my paper out from then. It was owned by a guy, Charlie Brooks, who's well known in the industry. Um, really, he put out a monthly newsletter. He started a lot of the shows that uh, started up in the 70s when cards started turning into a business. Um, I sorted cards for him sometimes on the side to you know, get a little bit of extra. So I've always liked cards um, and, and then collected off and on. 
uh, through the years. I paid for my high school spring break trip selling a Ernie Banks rookie and a K-Line rookie and, you know, went down to Fort Lauderdale with friends. So I kind of got back into it in the 2010s a little bit with my son and, uh, you know, had a lot of in vintage inventory from before and were breaking a lot of boxes and kind of just started thinking about it and, you know, never really knew if it would come to fruition. But when the situation at the startup turned, I said, you know, I had, a, you know, started asking around at, like I said, at the different card stores and kind of figured out profit margins and, you know, what stores did that worked. And well, that's what I was going to kind of ask you. You you have a engineering background, a MBA. You seem yep. like that would make you kind of a data driven type person. And, you know, you still have to make a living. So when you were talking to the local, uh, the card shop guys and other card guys, did it just click to you, hey, I can do this. The numbers add up if I do this. Is I mean, is that how it worked out for you? Yeah, in a way. I mean, I wasn't quite sure on because a lot of the places, you know, did different levels of business. So I wasn't really sure where, you know, uh, this store would come about or whether it would whether I would start it and then bring somebody on and then maybe get a job again. It really wasn't, you know, a clear. I didn't have like a set in stone path. I really needed to see how things went. And, you know, 2014, 15, 16, you know, cards started to kind of really take off, felt like in 2016, where things kind of got hot. And that was the year that uh, Zeke and Dak were both rookies in football and football got hot. And then 2017, Aaron Judge hit a bunch of home runs in uh, spring training and baseball got hot. Um, you had the McDavid in 2015 also, so hockey was good for a while. Uh, 2018 Otani, all of a sudden Bowman boxes were were booming and uh, selling at, you know, good margins. So kind of evolved over time that, you know, started adding employees on. And, you know, at that point I was, we weren't open Sundays. I was working six days a week. I had a guy who's a gaming card expert that I got involved to sell Pokemon and Magic the Gathering cards. And we started doing gaming events too. And that's a thing that I think a lot of card shops aren't successful and able to do both very well. Um, they're either a sports card shop that has a couple Pokemon cards in the case and some sealed product, or they're a gaming store that might have a couple blaster boxes for sports. So um, that was pretty important because, you know, that's a good, I always looked at it as, you know, the money we made off of that side of the business paid my rent or, you know, help pay my mortgage now that uh, we own the building. So, so I mean, like you start off just sports cards only though, correct? Um, no, we uh, oh, okay. started started with the gaming. So that's one thing when I went around to all these shops, right? Like a lot of stores weren't open, but the stores that were open had kids and adults coming in to play games. And I didn't know anything about it, right? I mean, my older kids had base set Pokemon cards way back in the day, but, you know, that was just a, you know, a binder of cards that, was really more of a problem with you know kids and bad trades and things like that and so you know one thing i learned in my corporate life is if you don't know something don't fake it try and find somebody that does know something so even i you know i had some oakland university kids coming in to help out when we ran gaming events and um 
that uh, that brought a lot of people in and was a good good part of the business and it still is. That that's awesome, and you're right. You gotta I think diversify just like anything, any other business. If you it's it's still a business even though it started maybe from uh you know an interest or a hobby, but it, it you know like you said you're paying rent, you're paying mortgage, things like that. From where you started with you know the trading card games like Pokemon and stuff and sports cards. What would you say the percentages from then and now? Like, is is now was it fifty fifty? How did it start, and where is it now? No, now it's probably it's eighty eighty twenty sports to gaming. Okay, I would say seventy five twenty five. Um, yeah, and it's it's generally been that way. When we first opened, I kind of was looking at, you know, maybe a little bit different model because we're right here. We get a lot of walking traffic in downtown Rochester. There's, you know people coming in and out all summer during the light show. So uh, we had probably 15 racks of clothing in here. And when, when we would run gaming events, we'd kind of move them to the side and bring tables out. Um, we had a lot more kind of sports novelties, keychains, stickers, you know, the kind of stuff that you see it's in some of the mall stores or rally house, that type of thing. Um, We've kind of moved away from that. We got out of the clothing business about uh, four years ago. It was just, uh, we didn't have critical mass to be successful and, uh, you know, stocking all the different sizes and everything. And it, it just didn't make sense. And then online, the really, you know, a lot of people obviously buy things online and clothing started becoming much more acceptable to buy online. And, you know, so we utilized the space for gaming and, uh, you know, we're getting a lot more out of it that way. So have you learned a lot more about the the trading card gaming and, you know, this portion of this uh, since you've been getting involved and you hired actually, I guess, experts essentially, you know, that know more about it than you do. Yeah, and they still do. <laughs> and they always will, right? I mean, yeah. just like on sports cards, when, when, you know, for you, like, you know, basketball cards and Jordan inserts, right? You can name off 20 or 30 different inserts. You know, if you have them, you know, if you have them graded, you probably keep up on what they're selling for you are got searches on ebay looking for cards right it's just it's in you right so the gaming side of it's not in me but i do you know know enough to you know understand you know which products to buy in and then i you know i have the guys to lean on too so well uh so when customers come in do you generally because you sell singles and boxes you sell hobby and retail correct yeah so these days uh um, Upper Deck offers a lot of the retail products through just distribution. They don't offer that direct. Fanatics Tops now is offering a lot of uh, uh, retail direct to hobby stores, um, and um, we take advantage of that. We pretty, you know, we have to be a little bit more careful these days because those companies have figured out what products sell for, and um, so their costs to us have gone up because they want to take a little bit more of the pie, right? It's just, it's business, right? Yep. When you have a distribution system, everybody wants their cut of it and the manufacturers want to get more of the value out of the product. So, uh, but on the, on the retail side, yeah, you know, we have right now Bowman Chrome Mega Boxes, uh, Topps Chrome Monster Boxes, Blasters. Um, we um, figure, you know, we... When people come in with stuff, especially 18 months ago, right, when, you know, football and basketball was super hot, you know, we were buying stuff off of people and um, then reselling it in the store. We really didn't make a lot that way, but 
it was nice to offer customers, even if it's a low profit for us, because when you're already buying it in retail, you really can't mark it up all that much, um, but it gives them a lower price point to buy. So like we have a lot of kids that are buying the blaster boxes, uh, um, but older customers too, right? Who, you know, are budget, budget conscious, want to open some packs and they'll come in. So it's important for us to offer both. I think when I first started, I was a little bit of a retail snob, I'd say, right? And didn't kind of understand uh, the customer as well. And over time, you know, you figure out what you need to carry to make it work for your customer base. Like we yeah. carry a lot of base rookie cards, right? Mm -hmm. That sell for, you know, two, three, four dollars. And we keep them right up on the stand because we have a lot of young collectors that come in and, you know, they want to, Amon Ross St. Brown or Hutchinson rookie card these days. And, you know, we make sure we have that stuff in stock. Yeah. Something for everybody, especially yeah, it's starting up. Like you said, when you started out and you mentioned, you know, the hobby and retail and, and just boxes, the, the allocation and the licensing for like the, you know, upper deck tops and Panini, uh, was it hard for you to acquire those in the beginning? And, or, uh, and I'd like to get your comments on what's going on right now with fanatics and that, but. Yeah. So, um, I believe so. I, I'm not sure if uh, Tops Fanatics is adding on more hobby accounts right now. When they first came in, there was a lot. So there's been a lot of stores that have opened in the last, let's say, two years. Right when I opened up, there was a, a store in Ypsilanti, there was a store in Sterling Heights, and there was us for as far as sports cards that had hobby accounts. And then there's you know a place up in Bay City and. You know, but really it was it was limited to get a tops account. I didn't have a tops account until the start of 2016. I had to buy one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of product through at the time it was Southern Distribution. But I bought from another distributor, too, and show that to tops. And then tops gave me an account. Then um, today you couldn't even get that type of allocation from a distributor. Two years ago, you couldn't. Um, so it, it really was very difficult to get hobby accounts because they were kind of maxed out and now they're pulling more they're, they're producing more product they're uh pulling product away from distribution to sell it direct that just cuts another middleman out you know they know they still need to get to smaller dealers and hobby stores through distribution so you know that model is continuing and i think it will for a while um but uh yeah, like an upper deck account I got right away, Panini account I got right away. Um, but Tops was a little bit harder back then. But yeah, that was a goal. Get those accounts. Don't uh, you know, I had some people telling me, no, you can get what you whatever you want through distributors, but you know, I kinda, you know, from from my previous jobs and understanding that distribution chain, you know, if I can cut cut out the middleman and you know, get something, get direct, and usually it was a little bit cheaper. Um, that was a goal, and yeah, we got we got all our accounts, and it's uh, yeah, it was really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you mentioned though, like you've seen the prices and things like that. You started, of course, pre-pandemic, and we all know what happened during the pandemic and post-pandemic with pricing and things like that. I mean, what was your what was going through your mind during it, like 2020, 2021 and thinking? This is crazy that we, this is, I've, I've just lucked out, you know, or, or this is going to, Hey, this is too much. It's going to come down. This is just, it's peaking way too fast. Um, you know, I didn't, 
because business was solid before that in 2019, um, I didn't really, you know, we were, we were turning over our inventory so quick. So I really wasn't concerned about having a bunch of inventory that was just going to sit here. So, you know, I knew it was going to come crashing down at some point it, at some, and who knew what that pace was going to be. But while it was going good, we made sure we got, you know, the product we had in and, you know, it sold fast. Uh, with singles for as the pandemic went on, our buying of like certain graded singles really went down. We just stopped, stopped buying a lot of that stuff. Uh, you know, obviously we got stuck with some cards that dropped and, you know, had significant drops in value, but we did try and minimize that because, you know, once, you know, we like, we used to send cards out for PSA and we stopped because I had orders that were here for 20 months. Oh my God. Right. That were out. They're value, backed you know, up. Yeah. They're, they're value grading when they, they stopped that. It's uh, I forget when that was maybe March or April, 2021. And, uh, we had renovated, started renovating this building, moved over to another building two blocks away. So we moved the entire business for about 10 months. And, you know, I was worried, well, they're not going to have my right address. You know, I need to change the address when that <laughs> order comes. We were back here before that order came. Uh -huh. Crazy. So, yeah, I, I, it's, uh, you know, I, I didn't really wasn't all that concerned on when it would end. You know, we, you know, put money away, we invested in the, in the building, right? So, you know, a lot of our profits went right back into the building in the community here by, you know, this, this building wasn't very well, wasn't kept up very well. Um, there was, you know, six, seven inches of plaster and drywall on all the walls. We exposed the brick. Um, so that's, that's kind of where, you know, we put most of that money in that uh, um, we we made during the pandemic. So, like, you know, since then, obviously, cards went. They're still really popular now. You know, more than than you know pre-pandemic with just the new collectors and also the like kind of the dormant collectors. You know what I mean? They have always had the the love and hobby and interest for it, but kind of life got in the way for whatever reason and now they have real jobs they have more some disposable income they have kids that want to they want to get involved into it so it's really popular still which made companies like fanatics and want to get involved so as you as a local card shop owner how is it affecting you is it not affecting you at all or like with this whole panini and there's a lawsuit and just like as you on the side you know not taking it aside but how is it affecting you as as an owner of a card shop yeah, so I mean, on the fanatic side, I mean, so Tops has always had what I would say the best allocations uh, direct for hobby stores, and that's that's continued. Um, they're they're you know they are a very data driven company too. You know, people are like, you know, how do they figure out how to price this stuff? Well, you know, they go and they post an early, you know, a pre-sale of, of a product, they can measure, they get all the data on how many hits are coming into the website. They know how much inventory they had. They know how much it sold, how fast it sold. They can kind of figure out what demand is. And then they figure out what to charge us as a store. And then what their, I'll say, real price is going to be when the product releases and they put it on their website. 
Um, margins aren't always the greatest, and we need to be a little bit more careful about, you know, are, the, are these products really going to sell? But uh, um, it 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 works. It, it works for us. Uh, the whole dynamic, you know, with the licensing, in a way, it's kind of hurting card stores a little bit because, like, for example, there's this autograph uh, controversy, and that's it's happened throughout the years, right? Jack Eichel, back in 2015, Leaf had a contract with him, so he didn't have autographs in Upper Deck product that year. Um, it's happened all, you know, all through the years. Well, now you have the issue with Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, are they going to have autographs in certain Panini products? Does Panini sitting on sticker autos or waiting to put on products from um, later in the year? You know, are we going to have National Treasures RPAs with stickers on them? Who, know, who knows how that's going to turn out? But it does seem like we had stronger demand for 2022 football than we do for 2023 football. Okay. Which you would think would be strange given the you know, the great, you know, yeah, number I mean, of that, quarterbacks. You that's got what Richardson. I was going to say. That doesn't make sense. I mean, quarterbacks usually drive football markets in 2023, a bunch of quarterbacks, top, top end quarterbacks. Yeah. So um, that's, I'm not sure what the whole cause of that is, but I think some of it is the, you know, the, where you can't pull autographs of, you know, certain high end guys up there. Oh, that might make sense. So you obviously know that because we've spoken before and, uh, I'm a Jordan, Michael Jordan PC guy. So I love the fact that he's actually with upper deck only. And could like, cause nowadays you mentioned Hutchinson and St. Brown earlier. I think Aiden Hutchinson might have is just as many Michael Jordan cards as he has cards because I see so much, you know, they just keep, I mean, what's one a Hutchinson rookie card. There might be, I don't know. You might know this. There might be 150 different Aiden Hutchinson rookie cards. There might be 150 different Amon Ross St. Brown rookie cards. But of course, it's never going to be back like it was back in the day. But, you know, Michael Jordan has maybe two rookie cards or whatever you consider two or three rookie cards. And right, right. that number just slowly grew and grew until where we're at today, where it's like, listen, I, you know, we you want a rookie card. There's a different rookie card you can get for sure. It's just so much, you know, it's so different. And so that's why when you speak of the autographs, I know Michael Jordan only signs for upper deck. Like he's, right. I mean, he's, I think it's a lifetime contract, right? With Jordan. And there's a rumor that LeBron's out getting out of his contract. So that, that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure of the details on that, but I mean, there's those rumors out there. Yeah. I mean, and the thing about it is, is once a player's out of the league and out of the players association, right? So what's going to happen with LeBron cards when he retires, right? Is a company going to be able to make them? Because he then would have to have an individual license with a card company to make those cards. Um, like Jordan right now, right, he only has cards in Upper Deck products, and that's typically Goodwin Champions and Skybox Metal Champions, and um, I'm not sure if he's really in anything else. But, uh, yeah, and then and then those cards, he's not in an NBA uniform either. No. And for so, me, I, I'm kind of specific. I I do it like I like NBA license cards for Michael Jordan. You know, um, I guess you can call me a snob, and I won't turn down like a free Goodwin or you know Sky yeah. Metal card, but I don't really collect them at all. And that's an interesting point you bring up, LeBron. Though I mean, he is he might be like this year, next year, and at that point, you're right. What happens to his like? Who's gonna? step up or and like i said we mentioned you don't know if it's true or not but there's a rumor that lebron is gonna opt out of his upper deck deal or whatever that means he'll be able to sign for another company so i could see that happening right because 
in a few weeks, there's going to be the next uh, McDonald's, uh, Topps Chrome McDonald's All-American product from Fanatics, and Bronny James will have autographs in there. So obviously the family has, you know, negotiated something with Fanatics to have, you know, his son's autographs in there. So, you know, I think he sees where, you know, things are going and, you know, there's probably, I don't know, I, I don't know if there's more money to be made, but, you know, Fanatics is entering this market seriously. They're signing whoever they can. They have their, you know, whole um, memorabilia arm, right? And, you know, I'll, I buy memorabilia, you know, direct from Fanatics too. Brady jerseys, for example, right? He used to be uh, um, with TriStar and uh, now he's, you know, a Fanatics athlete. So, you know, Fanatics is is uh you know they got a good grip on what's happening and you know I, yeah, michael rubin and fanatics seems to be pretty aggressive they're, they're going right i mean they're aggressive just... right but they i mean they have the manpower uh to and the you know revenue to do it and you know they really were innovative and in, you know actually getting uh getting the players associations you know part of the pie and some of these upcoming contracts and uh same thing with the leagues, right? So that's, uh, you know, was something that I don't think, you know, other people had thought of. And, you know, they already have the business model from the, you know, Jersey licensing side. So like, for example, right, Panini has the NCAA global license right now for college uniforms. That's through uh, the NCAA. Now the NCAA, I think, I forget that there's a couple schools like Notre Dame that aren't part of that that's like a global contract there's nothing to stop a company from individually negotiating with each school and getting their own individual contract and that's what fanatics has done and is currently still doing because you know we had a bowman chrome university basketball and football product two years ago which was you know photoshop jerseys no logos it was really you know it wasn't very good and this year you know, you can get JJ. We did a trade night, and we had a bounty on anyone opening, bringing a JJ McCarthy uh, rookie card up to us from out of Bowman Chrome U, and they got a free blaster box. Nice. And it's in a full Michigan uniform, full logos. So, you know, they figured out how to get around that, and you know, we'll see where all their litigation goes. But, you know, at the end, as a business owner, I can't. You know, I'm not going to sit and worry day by day on what's going to happen. I keep my accounts open. I, you know, keep my ears open. But, you know, we'll know when something changes and, you know, we'll adjust and adapt as we have to. Yeah, it seems like uh, Fanatics and Michael Rubin, they, like, you're right. They they went to the players' unions and that's where they got, you know, kind of Panini. Maybe, I don't know if they caught them off guard or whatever, but they went direct almost and said, hey, we're cutting you in, right? And uh, that's when... I guess all hell broke loose and then the lawsuits came and who knows if they could print not print or whatever. So but it was, it was tops through the first cut, right? The uh -huh. first thing that came out right after the, um, right after the national was that they got the baseball license. Right. And then they ended up, you know, the tops was like a week away from doing, uh, going public, uh, with the stock offering. So, you know, that was that was their first foray into it. And, you know, there's all kinds of memes, you know, on uh, Twitter X that, 
you know, have the Grim Reaper going to these different doors, you know, one says, you know, tops, one said Panini, and that's kind of how, you know, how it operated. Kind of excited me a little bit because I remember when that happened, I think basketball collectors were like, oh, does that mean Topps Chrome is coming? You know, Topps basketball? That would be great. I mean, that's old yeah. school, for, you know. It, it'll be back. I mean, the thing is, is back in the day, right, those refractors used to be numbered. Yep. yep. And I even think the last product Topps did was like the Courier, right? And uh, um, they didn't even do a Topps Chrome. I think they put Chrome cards in the regular Topps. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Boxes because, you know, that product wasn't going very well for them at the time. Yeah, you so, and I are both uh, big refractor fans. So, But you mentioned yeah. the trade night earlier. Uh, do you have those, and how success, successful are they? And is it a mix of the you know trading card game and sports cards, or is it? Yeah, one so I mean, we we do them every couple months. This one was one that we already had scheduled, and Fanatics came out with a trade night, so they provided us some uh, discounted product that we were able to give away, and a lot of swag bags. So it was a good event. We had you know over a hundred people in here at one point. Um, the ones we do in the spring and the fall and the winter are better than the ones in the summer just you know people have more going on but it's good we get a big mix of people we have kids here with their buying trying to sell cards and you know older people in trading cards and yeah just a good way to you know give some pizza and drinks out and do some giveaways and you know we gave a bunch of tops product away at this one the one prior to that, we gave away like six of the Panini Kids crates to kids and only let kids enter those contests. So we try and make it fun for the younger collectors and it's a chance for them to, you know, negotiate with people. It's kind of cool to see. It's like a little, you know, they have their own individual little card show going on. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. We I enjoy, love those. Enjoy yeah, that. I, I got to get out to one of those. Um, and I've been out there when the lights are, you know, we got the holiday season coming up. It gets pretty full in there with the walk-in traffic. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so real quick though, uh, what product is coming out and, uh, if you have any uh, trade nights coming up or anything like that, what can we look to, uh, what can we expect as collectors coming out? 
So we're going to look at doing another. We don't have the date finalized yet. We're going to look to do one in November before Thanksgiving for a trade night. Um, there's a lot of exciting products coming coming up soon, just in in general, right? So you have, uh, you know, from a basketball standpoint, we had there was Wimbiyama cards were in Bowman Chrome University. Um, that was that famous green refractor where they brought everyone out to San Antonio yeah, and I someone that. got that card. I mean, what a what a great marketing idea that was. I mean, on the marketing side, Fanatics is just blowing everybody away. And, you know, they know that, you know, they're marketing themselves, but they're marketing the whole industry. And, you know, their goals are to be involved in all aspects of the industry. And so it works out for them, but it works out for, you know, works out for LCSs too, right? And at first, I think people were concerned about, you know, oh, they're going to just sell everything online, but they can't possibly hit their business goals without having, you know, retail stores, local card shops, online sellers, um, vetted breakers to break on their um, Fanatics Live, right, to, uh, you know, improve the collector experience. For products, though, uh, we're going to be starting to have the basketball products come out for 23-24 um, with Wembyama autographs in it. So that's exciting. Um, hockey. We're going to have uh, Connor Bedard, right? So he's kind of the yeah. hottest, mm -hmm. the hottest kid since, uh, you know, McDavid it's, in 2015. Yeah. So, you know, as a business, we're looking forward to that. Hockey, you know, there's for SP Authentics going to be coming out soon for uh, uh, 22, 23. You know, Upper Deck got a little bit behind in some of the releases due to COVID and some of the printing bottlenecks in the industry. So you've got uh, Bernier, uh, uh, Maddie Bernier's is has cards in there and Owen Power, right? So you know, decent, decent products. On the football side, uh, Donruss is going to be coming out in Origins, Panini Origins, which everybody uh, loves every year. We'll uh, we'll see as the season goes on how uh, demand on football goes, and then baseball. There's still products coming out. You know, we made sure we have a big stock of like Tops Chrome, which came out right during the national this year. But Tops is going to be doing the MVP buyback again. So basically, a base card's worth a twenty dollar credit in a participating LCS. Last year, you know, when that program was done, we had redeemed uh, like twenty thousand dollars worth of cards for credit, and then you know, we send them back and we get reimbursed for them. So that Tops MVP buyback is going to be big. You know, everyone's assuming that's going to be uh, Otani and uh, Acuna. You know, they're the odds-on favorites for uh, both leagues. But that'll be something that comes out, you know, right after the announcement in uh, November. Um, so baseball's still strong, and baseball's still number one overall um, as far as, you know, product lines that we sell and that we believe most, most stores sell. Um, you know, people get really excited about football and basketball, but if there's not a solid rookie, sales go down. And in baseball, even in years without a solid rookie, people just love baseball cards. Well, that's uh, that's kind of where it all started. That's awesome. Steve Majelski, owner of Rochester Sports Cards Memorabilia, thank you so much for joining me. I mean, there's so much to talk about, so much more to talk about. I'm going to have you on again. I mean, we can't get to all in one podcast, but uh, yeah. always enjoy the information. I'm going to be out to the store. Definitely can't wait to see you. Um, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it so much, Steve. Yeah, I think the last time we I saw you at the National, right? 
Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a fun. That was crazy. Too. That was that's another topic in itself. Like I said, yeah. we have a lot to talk about. But uh, like I said, thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for listening. Please down if you like the podcast, tell a friend, tell a family member, download it, Odyssey, or anywhere you get to your podcast. And as always, keep collecting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.